Hey, what's up? Uh, this is another episode of Recovered AF Podcast. This is uh, one of the co-hosts, Kyle. And uh, today we have a special guest I'm pretty excited about. But before we get into that, I'm going to have Aaron do a little bit of a disclaimer for us. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. Um, so this is podcast, like Kyle said, is called Recovered AF. And then so a lot of times we talk about a recovery and uh, Kyle and I recovered using the 12 steps, but it's important for anybody listening to know that we're not affiliated w- uh, with those 12 step groups. This podcast isn't affiliated with those 12 step groups and um, we're not spokespeople for those 12 step groups. And um, what we're sharing here is our experience and that's uh, and that of our guests. So I don't want it to be confused with somebody else's typical experience perfect does that, does that sound right that sounds wonderful hell yeah all right and today we have a guest and this guest is my mother who is not in recovery just so that's clear but uh, we wanted to talk to her because she's probably our biggest fan yeah her and your wife yeah and they're, they're going neck and neck for <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> and um she also, having listened to this podcast um, and hearing your experience and then hearing about my experience and listening to Candace on the podcast, has explored some EMDR therapy. Cool. She reads the big book now, you which do? is cool. Yeah. Right. Yep. She, because we talk about a bunch of stuff yeah. and she wanted to read it, so we gave her a copy. Megan and I gave her a copy of the big book. Cool. So she is doing a bunch of uh, self-exploration and work and stuff. Not to mention, I think you wanted to figure out why I'm so fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I think the the my biggest reason for having you on here is just to figure out, like, what in the hell is wrong with Kyle? <laughs> Has he always been? I, I mean, were you okay when your son told you he wanted to play European sports as a child? Like. <laughs> We got a lot of digging. We've got a lot of digging to do. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So my mother's name is Sharon. How are you, mom? I'm good. Good. Are you nervous? A little bit. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Just a little bit. I'm kind of nervous too, and I'm never nervous anymore. I'm not nervous if that helps. That's good. Oh, yeah. good. Right on. So um, thank you for being on the podcast. Well, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for listening to it all the time. Always. And giving us good positive feedback. That's what mothers are for. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So go ahead and shoot, because I know you have a list of questions, and I honestly haven't thought of anything that I want to ask. Yeah, I really hadn't thought of anything either. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just wondering, I sort of wanted to find out, like, because um, one thing that I guess, well, I, I just dive into it, but like one thing that I see in common with um, people like Kyle and me is there seems to, like, if you look through my family, you can look through my grandparents on both sides and their parents, and there's just a long uh, list of alcoholism. Like, you know, and I I just sort of see it as like, you know, I've seen families where they, you know, everybody in that family suffers from heart disease and everybody dies young of heart attacks and you know other families have other issues but it seems like my family man we i mean we we really got that uh alcoholism bug and i'm pretty sure it's genetic Mm -hmm. and i was just wondering um because you know we've talked about kyle's mentioned you know briefly that he has a, a, a biological father that's a that's an alcoholic and i was just wondering if you had um 
you know, maybe in your family, parents or aunts or uncles or anybody growing up around you that suffered from some sort of addiction or alcoholism? I was just curious. Of course. Um, On both sides of my family, we do. My dad's dad was an alcoholic, and we didn't know it at the time. He was our favorite grandpa because he was the one swinging from the trees by (laughs) by his knees and making faces and stuff. We didn't know he was an alcoholic. We knew he drank. But he was, and my dad's two sisters were alcoholics and a brother, an alcoholic. And then on my mom's side, her sister is an alcoholic. So yeah, we have alcohol on both sides. And your cousin. Oh yeah, and my cousin. I have a cousin who's been in recovery on and off, on and off a lot. Yeah. So it wasn't anything, you know alcohol and being around it and seeing some negative effects of it wasn't anything new to you prior to your son <laughs> being a raging drunk <laughs> prior to your son you know because i just uh, i remember i was in treatment with with one family and both of their sons were in treatment and nobody else and had been through treatment and, and they were they sounded you know like similar drinkers to kyle and and it sounded like nobody else in their family had ever been and i just felt so bad for those people just to come across you know two yeah. guys like that but mm-hmm. you'd already had some experience and stuff like that yeah and I, we, I never really thought Kyle was an alcoholic yeah. until we got him in rehab. You just think he was going to sort of grow out of it someday, I or did. you just, you know, he drank pretty hard. But you guys all, you know, like to go out and have a good time, and yeah, maybe Kyle just kept getting. Yeah, one caught. thing I think was reoccurring all the time was just like, when are you going to get it figured out? Yeah, like, right. why don't you just? have a few you know just like the normal stuff that it, uh, people hear is like when are when are you going to grow out of this when are you going to stop being a kid when are you going to just have a few why do you always end up drinking hard alcohol like things like that yeah. that i think my family didn't really understand mm-hmm. and i did, i had no idea i'm like i fucking want to yeah <laughs> i want right. i right. want to do it yeah. normally sounds great yeah. yeah so yeah it was um i think one thing that helped our family a lot was when I was in rehab, they did that family weekend thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important for you and really for my dad to just get a better understanding of kind of, I'm not just some weak person that just doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that, yeah. that there was a lot of understanding that came from that. So Total understanding. Yeah. yeah, we had no idea. Like Kyle said, we used to just think, God, dude, why can't... Why can't you just go out, have a couple beers with the family, and quit? Yeah. Because it always turned into a full-blown, you know, he'd start off with a couple beers, and then, like, at wedding receptions, then he'd, like, move up to a little bit of a cocktail, and then pretty soon it was just the liquor and not the not the mixer in it, and, <laughs> and then he was just obliterated, and we just did not understand mm-hmm. at the time why he couldn't quit yeah it didn't make sense because you've got a brother too and like yes. he, he he can drink and have a good time but you know like if, if i'm right at some point he's able to you know take it back when he starts getting to that point he's able to go ahead and control his drinking is that sort of yeah 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 i think the biggest difference between him and i at least from my experience is when josh gets drunk Oops, I shouldn't have said his name. No one cares. That's though. right. But when he gets drunk, I fucking care. <laughs> people, um, people tend to have a good time with him. 
uh-huh. everyone kind of laughs at him kind of being too drunk and like you know what i mean like there's a different vibe and when i get drunk everyone's <laughs> full of fear <laughs> people are very nervous like well, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I remember the one wedding where I didn't drink and Josh drank and he drank too much and like he got sick and everyone was laughing and we had like a good time and it was like a funny family right. experience. Right. When I drink, it's just not the same vibe. Well, I like it's change into a different person. You do. Mm-hmm. I, after a few, I mean, you're all fun and you know, you're a good time too, but then you're not. There comes a point where. Yep. You're not. You become a totally different person. Mm-hmm. A real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Yes, Hyde. Huh? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Just like the book says. Yeah. 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 And so that, you know, and I think that says a lot about me is like the transformation that happens when I start. Like I have that. We talk about it a lot. That phenomenon of craving that just yeah. overtakes. And like that's, that's running my life where Josh is still fun and friendly and joking. He's the life of the party. Right. He's running around dancing, like having a great time. Everyone's enjoying him. That's not quite the same experience. <laughs> as <when> I, <laughs> right. And I think that was frustrating for a long time too, is my mom drinks normally and is the life of the party, whether she's drinking or not. And, yeah. and then my brother is similar. And so like for me, a lot of the time it was like, I'm going to transform into what they are. And that it just never happened. It was like an opposite effect. I become extremely antisocial. I'm aggressive, very temperamental, annoyed. Like, just leave me alone. I isolate, you know, like just yeah. typical alcoholic behavior. Yeah. So. Kind of belligerent at times. Oh, God, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, disgustingly antisocial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the funny part about this is... I share that story about reading a page in the book and then being like, closing the book and being like, I'm a fucking alcoholic. My mom, when she started reading the book, texted me and was like, I know what page you read. (laughs) And I was like, no, you don't. And she was like, it was this page. And I was like, yeah, how did you know? And she's like, because that's exactly who you are. Like that was, she could identify me as an alcoholic by reading that. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Wow, you fit the bill. Yeah, scary. (laughs) 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 Kind of scary. Um, so, um, what was, I've always wondered this and if, again, if we get to some, you don't want to talk about, just say, I don't want to talk about it, but what was your draw to my biological father? Well, we both worked at the same place Mm -hmm. and we were, we had a good time and we did, we we drank a lot too. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, we got off in the afternoon at two or three in the afternoon or whatever, like when we first met and then there was a lounge there. And so everybody went down and drank all afternoon and Mm -hmm. stuff. So we were just friends and had a good time and stuff together. And, and then what was he, did he always drink alcoholically? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. He was the same way. He wouldn't, he couldn't stop. Once he started, he couldn't stop. And then you would see the phases that he would be going through to just kind of like what an alcoholic does, you know, and then he would just get belligerent and mean and. Hmm. Yeah, because I just I don't know that much about their relationship. I've never really asked. So I was just curious. That's just sort of what I was wondering, too, because like, you know, um, you know, it sounds like. You know, he's probably had a long, hard go of it now. And I just look back at my own experience and I look to the, like, 
the person I was at the end versus the person that Amber started dating. And I had, I don't, I don't, I was sort of charming and I had endearing <laughs> qualities and I could talk and mm-hmm. like, you know, I would always do that and I would always pull it together and, you know, be that sweetheart and be that guy that she, um, you know, loved so much and, mm-hmm. and, and would put those qualities on display. And then there was this whole, this whole other side of me that was just incredibly selfish and incredibly dishonest and, uh, incredibly unpredictable, you know? And it was just like, uh, I wanted to be that guy, you know, that she fell in love with, but I just wasn't capable of being that guy. And I was just wondering if, you know, if maybe if it was that kind of a situation with you where, you know, it was first a lot of the more of the endearing stuff. And then by the end it was just, you know, a shadow of that kind of thing yeah. is that how it sort of it went yeah pretty much yeah the first years and stuff that we were together everything it was all good it was all fun and stuff but I think after we had Josh um oops um I saw how a mean streak in him when he drank and he was mean almost to the point where he would always get the boys in tears uh-huh. mean when uh-huh. he was drinking. And I really didn't, I didn't like that. So after years of watching that and seeing the effects that it had on the boys and stuff, you know, you just don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then we had an altercation at one time too, where um, I had a broken rib from it. Mm-hmm. You knew that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, that was just enough. Yeah. I was done. And I mean, I still drink too, but I knew when like to quit. Yeah. 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 The ability to stop or moderate. Right. Yeah. Yeah, The funniest thing, my mom, she, when I was first getting sober, she was like, (laughs) do, do you think that I'm an alcoholic? (laughs) And I was like, mom, you have like a drink or two drinks when you want to, and then you stop. And she's like, I know, but sometimes I'll have that like every night. And I'm like, yeah, but you're, <laughs> what you're doing is proving that you're not one because right. when you have a couple of drinks, you stop and then you're done. And yeah. it's like that. And then that was when I think the light bulb kind of clicked that she was like, I get it. Like, you were never able to do that. Like, no, I've never been able to do that as yeah. much as I want to do that. You know, if I could have two beers and at a barbecue, yeah. that would be the life, you know, but like, I'm never able to do that. And so. I, I remember her being like, am I an alcoholic? I was like, no, your drinking actually shows the complete opposite. <laughs> the most foreign idea to me still, because like, and even though I, I'm, I'm alcoholic, like I didn't drink like Kyle drink. Like Kyle's in a, he's on another <laughs> He's level. up here. But the most foreign concept to me, honestly, still is just to be able to have two or three drinks and be satisfied. Mm-hmm. That's something that... I cannot even comprehend. I was watching people drink like when we were at Laramie and they were tailgating and I'm watching them and I'm like, I'm like, how do they, how do they do this? Because if I start drinking at one o'clock, I'm shit canned by the time the game starts and I'm like wondering how they, you know, do this. And then it occurred to me like, oh, because they can regulate how much they drink. They can have a couple drinks and stop for a while and be satisfied where that's just something I've never experienced Mm -hmm. from the first time I drank. Yeah. Yeah. And then vice versa, they look at me and are like, why can't you just regulate and moderate your drinking like every other person around us? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, I, I don't even understand how to do that. Yeah, yeah it so, sounds terrible. Yeah, I. <laughs> it looks cool. Like, if I could do it, I would, but it's just like I know 
to the core of me today. Like that's just not real. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. So yeah. So um. So then. So so you decide that. So that ends. I imagine that had to be really scary. Like how how old were these? How old were Kyle and his brother when? when you guys separated, they were still pretty young. Yeah, Kyle was 18 months, I think, about a year and a half. I think I was older than that, but I don't know for sure. No, I th- I think you were about 18 months, maybe two years old. You were yeah. you were little. Because when, when did he move to Florida? Oh, man. I was like eight or nine. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, Kyle, honestly. I'm thinking that's what well, it was. Well, we lived up in Cheyenne when you were eight and nine. And he moved. I think he moved before we moved to Cheyenne. Maybe. I don't, I know. don't know if I'm supposed to say where we live. Or uh, no, no, that's we fine. I think everybody's it, yeah. figured it out now by now. I'm just okay. like, did you have a lot of family support? Because I guess that's pretty scary having two young boys and then all of a sudden being on your own and being a single mom with two young boys, even though it was still probably the, what, mid-80s, early 80s, somewhere yeah. around there. Like. Did you have uh, some family support to go through that, or were you just like out on your own and I'm going to figure it out kind of a thing? Well, I I had my family down there. My brother was down there. My parents and stuff okay. were down there. So they were a support system. Um, we struggled for a while because mm-hmm. I was working, and he wasn't really good about paying child support. Right. <laughs> at all (laughs) so you know we struggle and stuff but i you know i think i think we did all right i did the best Mm -hmm. that we could absolutely you know with just the three of us and stuff so yeah but yeah it was it wasn't easy yeah and then grandma started watching me right yeah 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 my mom um wasn't working and so i was working and so she offered to to babysit kyle and and stuff so Mm-hmm. She did a really. She she actually takes credit for how smart and intelligent he is because she taught him everything. Okay, <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> I was smart when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You. Uh, you. Uh, you were maybe going to skip a grade, right? Like yeah. two grades. A couple times, a the teachers yeah. tried to ask yeah. me to skip a couple of grades yeah. to go up. I can assure you no one ever asked me to skip <laughs> I think I was pretty young, though. I was in... You were elementary. Kin- yeah, elementary. like kindergarten and then again in like first or second grade, I think, something like so, that. So, yeah, I remember kindergarten. The first the first week of kindergarten, the teacher would want to sit one-on-one with all of the kids and just kind of see what they knew. And so that she would ask them where they lived and their phone number and how far they could count and the alphabet. And Kyle counted most kids were doing like maybe 10 20 30 or whatever and Kyle was going and going and going and going and got up to 999 <laughs> <laughs> she sat and listened to him count yeah that's the impressive. whole way though yeah, yeah. so I, I could count I get to it, kid, you show off <laughs> <laughs> I remember being able to color in the lines that's what she was impressed about yeah. was I was like out we were coloring pictures and I was outlining this picture and coloring it, and she was like, "What is going on? Why are you doing this?" It's like I don't know. It looks better, and then yeah. I used to have. A, I used to work at a military installation, not at, but I would have to go there to do my job, and um, they would fuck up their addresses all the time, and it would just drive me crazy. And I'd be like, "The only thing you need to know to get out of kindergarten is your own fucking address. How hard is it?" And I'd be so mad all the time. But that was just me wanting the world to revolve Sue around you. me. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, 
what was I like as a child? Because I have one perspective of childhood and how I was. What was I like from your perspective? You were compassionate and you were very smart and outgoing, popular, athletic, funny, all of those things. <laughs> Man, me really uncomfortable. Home run hitter. No, it's why you don't think you don't I don't think know. That I way. get I still cringe when people say nice things about me. Where do you where does that come from? I don't know. I've tried to work on it in trauma therapy some, but I don't know. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I was thinking more along the lines of like Because again, I just me being weird about my socks and me oh, being, yeah. you know, me Ooh. being weird about like I thought I had a lazy eye when I was a kid, and so I had like these dramatic temper tantrums about my eye not looking the way I thought it should. See, and I don't even remember that. I remember standing in the mirror just freaking out because <laughs> oh, my no. eye looked crooked. <laughs> I just, yeah, I remember some of that stuff, but. Oh yeah, just socks. Curious. What's the deal with this? So oh, it's like he could get a little OCD about stuff, oh, right? More socks. Than little. socks, socks really were huge. What about them? We they would have to fit right or match. Oh yeah, no, all match. Of it, everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. But the seam at the end of the sock where your toes are, yeah, that had to be like totally perfect with his toes. Okay, it couldn't. It couldn't be off, or it, we would have to tell him an hour or so before we were going to go somewhere to start putting his socks on. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. I'm a weird <laughs> it dude. It was bad. <laughs> Things like that really bug me, or like clothes not fitting right. I just remember being feeling really uncomfortable, like yeah. as a kid, and not not because of anyone, but just things like that, like my socks not fitting or my shoes or whatever it was, just like really not feeling comfortable in my own skin and so then trying to make everything fit so that I would feel okay. I think I wore <laughs> socks with holes in them until about four <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Today I wear different colored socks and different brand socks at the same time. Megan always makes fun of me. Yeah, but now, I, that, now that's crazy. Now I tell you're her crazy. You're still sp- crazy. Spiritual growth. Yeah, yep, growth. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So I put on different socks every day on yeah. purpose because I'm a weirdo still. I'm I like so I I was I remember just being bored all the time as a kid. I was bored, 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 bored. I, everything always bored me. My dad would always be like, "What? Like, how come you can't entertain yourself?" Like when I was your age, you know, we we had to entertain ourselves. And then my mom, bless her heart, I you know, it's 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 all good. But she went to treatment for alcohol when I was like eight, and she came home and was like, "You pretty much show all the signs. I'm afraid you're going to be an alcoholic." Oh, no, I was, she yeah, told you yeah, that. Yeah, probably not her finest moment, but that's all right. <laughs> But uh, was she wrong though? <laughs> no, she wasn't. Uh, she hit the nail on the head. She was just giving me that tough truth. Oh, uh, right? I blamed her for a long time though. I was like, "Won't you tell me I was gonna be a lawyer, mom, fucking <laughs> 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 doctor?" Probably <laughs> wouldn't have worked. Uh, I'd have lost all motivation to do anything by about the age of seventeen. <laughs> I could barely try. <laughs> um, but so anyway, but like that, I had that boredom and that um, you know our book talks about being restless, irritable, and discontented, you know, and like that fit me from a time before, and I wasn't like mischievous or anything. Like I didn't go out. I was too afraid of getting in trouble. Like I was really afraid of getting in trouble. I had these two weird dynamics going on, Mm -hmm. but I was wondering if like Kyle was that, like if Kyle needed to be sort of stimulated and entertained all the time. Always. Yeah. Constantly he was 
always bored. Yeah. It, I, when Grandma and Grandpa <laughs> likely used to watch him um, when he was little, that's all. He, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, he had to constantly be doing something. Mm -hmm. So is that, so um, you played a lot of sports growing up though, right? I did. I, I played that was fun like every you, sport. Huh? It was awesome. Yeah. My, my dad, I know really liked to watch me play sports. So. Yeah. 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 I, I think I played baseball, soccer, basketball, football, football, track. I played like I did everything when I was growing up. I definitely didn't do track either. I'm terribly slow. Yeah. Terribly slow. But I don't know if I was fast or slow. Uh, I, I, I did it, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. in grade school, there's a handful of kids that are too slow to make any of the events, and they have to stay home and watch a movie the day of the track meet. That was you? I'm that slow. <laughs> sad. <laughs> sad. Oh, that's this funny. This is the stuff that's hard to talk about. Yeah, dude. That's mm, funny. The real problems. <laughs> um. Yeah, go ahead. If you've got more. Oh, are you I, out? Of, are you out? I get, no, go ahead. Oh. Um. Uh, I don't think I do have another one. Okay. Uh, did you ever notice a transformation in me? Like, um, uh, like from all those nice things you just said about me to different? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that this morning because when you were little, you were just, in my eyes, happy all the time, you know, enjoyed yourself, enjoyed doing things. Mm-hmm. But I think when more towards like later part of middle school, maybe, I think I saw a change. I, you became more um, moody, I would say. You were moody a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, I honestly never knew that you were uncomfortable in your skin until I started listening to your podcasts. I yeah. never really, I never ever would have imagined that. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Yeah. I was pretty good at that, though. We've talked about that before. Like, if you would have asked friends of mine and stuff how I was, I was pretty good at living a double life and kind of painting out this picture of like, oh, yeah, things are great. Right. And, but I think that just comes from I was super insecure and yeah. desperate for other people's approval. So it was like I... And we, we don't come from a family that's like super, now we are, we're way better now. Right, it's awesome. But right. like growing up, we didn't do a lot of talking about feelings, feelings right. and stuff, you know? And um, so like talking about not feeling good enough or something was like, I never, it never even crossed my mind, which is weird, yeah. you know? And it's not, again, that's not anyone's fault. That's just like me and my own insecurities and then not knowing how to express how I talk. Like that would never be something I would be like, mom, I'm really having a hard time feeling good. You know, right. it just that's was just like not, not a thing. Yeah. yeah. Like I yeah. just, that's not how I was, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. But well, that was around the time I started drinking though too. Yeah. Was around that time. Yeah. Was around later middle school because I started drinking in ninth grade. Yeah. So yeah. It's interesting. Once you sort of get that solution, then... Oh, yeah, things were great. Yeah. And I I wouldn't feel great, but then I knew drinking worked. So it was like, why wouldn't I drink? I feel good when I drink, and I feel a part of when I drink, and yeah. all of those insecurities are gone, or I just don't care when I'm drinking, so... Yeah, and that's... I heard that on one of your podcasts. You, you would be feeling uncomfortable, and you'd have that first drink, and you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. 
That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, Yeah. and that just, that hit me. It's like, God, I had no idea that you had all that internal stuff. Yeah, and I think for me it was really hard because I never expressed it. No. Like I just, that's a, I don't know, I think that's, I'm not unique in that, but like I just, I have a hard time expressing myself, so. I don't think I could have ever even, because I sat with, I sat with a counselor for for years Mm -hmm. trying to figure out you know, like what was, what in the hell was going on and what in the hell was wrong with me and why I couldn't just get my life right. And I remember when I did my, uh, when I did my assessment, so I self-disclosed at work and then you have to go see a, a professional and then he has to rate you and whatever. And he was like, like this first question was like, so why do you do opiates? And I was like, in every way that I'm deficient as a person, opiates make me whole. I'm a Swiss mm. cheese man and they just fill me up. And that mm. was the, like it was a lot longer and a little more eloquent than that. But he, when he got done, he didn't know what to say. He like paused and he was like, wow, thank yeah. you for that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to say, man. Like right. that was, it was, it was, it was really honest, but I was just like, I was so, flabbergasted already mm. at that point mm-hmm. i still had a ways to go so, yeah i don't know and our, our our literature again talks about you know being an actor and leading a double life and you know having a reputation that we know that we don't deserve and mm-hmm. i absolutely went through that especially adolescence is tough anyway oh, and then yeah. you add you know maybe something else on top of that and just all my whole life was just an effort to g- gain the people's around me acceptance because that's what I was living on. And then when I have, and that's just how I live and my mind goes a, a zillion miles an hour. And then I have a few drinks and all of a sudden everything slows down and I'm not worried about anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And I can just be present to what I'm doing and what's going yeah. on. And like, there's nothing in the world that can compete with that. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I was going to ask, then too, what, what? So Kyle had a he got he got into Kyle uh, he got into some uh, quite a bit of legal troubles and that <laughs> I'm sure that had to that I would imagine be a tough place to be in as a mother because you've got all this concern for you know the other people involved but at the same time you're terribly afraid for your own son. I'm wondering how you navigated through all of that stuff. It was it was hard. Yeah. You know, every parent wants to see, you know, their kids succeed and do good. And it was just a very, very dark time in in the family and stuff. I just, it was hard, but I, I knew he would get through it. It was, yeah, that was a really hard time. Yeah. Going through that. When he went through, like... So I'd been, I went through treatment several times. I talked about that. And so by the last time when, you know, I had told Amber again that I was strung out, she was just done. She would, she was devastated. She was hurt. She felt betrayed. And she just said, I don't think that, I, th- I think that you have zero chance of staying sober, mm-hmm. Aaron, and I have to leave now because I can't be a part of this anymore. And she left. And I'm just wondering, like, when Kyle went to treatment, if you had more hope than the times before, because I mean, you know, he had, you know, made, made some vows to stop drinking prior to this last time. I was wondering if you thought like, this is it because he's going to treatment this time. And, or, you know, I don't, I don't know what Kyle needs. I'm wondering what that process was like. I honestly felt that getting him into treatment, that this was going to stick. Yeah. 
And then the day that we picked him up, I think it was New Year's Day, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, it was yeah. January 1st. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> New Year's Day. <laughs> what a time to Happy get New out. Year. I know, yeah, I had to do Christmas. I got arrested the day after Thanksgiving, and I had to do Christmas and New Year's and rehab. And then I got out January And you know 1st. what? That, those, honest to God, those two nights, those two holidays was the best I've slept in decades yeah. from him. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it seems like... You know, special occasions, holidays, and stuff were his downfall. I yeah. would say a, a ton of me getting in actual trouble, yeah, or like just really bad consequences of my drinking come between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, it seems like yeah, all my car accidents every time, almost every time I've been arrested. Well, and my birthday, I've been arrested on my birthday, but like, and my birthday's in October, so like. The last three months of the year are rough on my family. <laughs> yeah, well, when we picked him up, that, it was, um, that was a tough day because he was, I think you were nervous or, I don't know, you were very, very quiet and we were worried that, you know, maybe he's going to get back. He's been away for 30 days with people who are in the same predicament that he was going to get home and now he's living with his parents again in their basement and has no vehicle. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, he got to keep his job. Yeah, I did take a demotion, but yeah, I was at, yeah. at my work gave he's, me a leave of absence yeah. and let me go to treatment, which was awesome. Yeah, but that was that was a scary first day for... I, and I think we even went to a meeting that night, the very first the next night. night. Okay, yeah. we it, picked me up on a Saturday and I went to a meeting Sunday. yeah. And your dad and I went to a, a different meeting, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was a, that they was went a, to an Al-Anon meeting. Yeah, that was a scary first day. I yeah. just because I knew that he was struggling with, you know, being back at home yeah. in the basement, right. demotion at work, yeah. no apartment, no vehicle. I didn't have a phone because I lost my phone when I got sober, like yep. during my accident yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, it was I tough. think I just yeah I remember. Being in rehab was kind of cool. Like the first few days, I hated it, of course. And then like a few days later, I'm like, oh, wow, this is the place I need to be. And then getting out of rehab and then realizing my life. The gravity of your situation exactly. sort of started to set in. You, and yeah. I was like, I'm doomed, <laughs> dude. <laughs> my life is over. That's what I remember thinking was like, I at least don't want to die. But for all other purposes, my life is over. Like yeah. I just remember being like, Oh yeah, I'm never gonna meet a girl. I'm never gonna be able to get back to the job I did do. I'm never gonna have a vehicle again. I'm probably gonna have to go back to jail. You know, like I was just all of that stuff's like, oh yeah, my little 30 day vacation is over. Yeah, and, and reality smacks you right in the face. Yeah, and I went back to work two days later. Yeah, and you know, I'm around people that 30 days ago I'm a manager and a boss and like doing okay and now i'm fucking just not <laughs> low, you know, uh, yeah lower on the totem pole life was very real those first few weeks out of rehab and but, so of course you know i mean we were a little worried about that because you know all of that on his shoulders and stuff we were afraid that oh you know maybe he's gonna drink again to make him feel better right. and so so that was there yeah. you know scary as shit yeah it was you. way scary yeah mm-hmm. way scary when did that go away uh for you like when did you the fear go away yeah and like you you feel a little better 
27 seconds ago, Kyle. <laughs> no, I, I know that's not true because we've had conversations right. since then, but I don't know. Like, when did you? I, I think when you've started going to meetings and um, I would have to say probably a few months because mm-hmm. I know when you've got those two letters in the mail that day, that was like crushing. Mm-hmm. So, what, so just in case this is the only... Oh yeah. So if you haven't listened to any other episode, in my my story, I got sober and on my four month sobriety birthday, I was served letters saying I was going back to jail, and I was being there was a civil lawsuit against me, and I was losing my license, and all of that came like they just happened to hit my address in my mailbox all on the same day. Day four. Yeah, <laughs> start four, four month anniversary for sobriety, feeling good about oneself. A lot, a, I was gonna say a little dose of reality, but that's more than a little. Yeah, that's a gargantuan dose. <laughs> yeah, overdose. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so then you, he got those two letters, and then uh, that was there. scary. Yeah, that was way scary because he was in a really good mood that day. I remember, and he got those when he got home. He checked the mail, and he got those, and then immediately he went like downstairs and. I heard him on the phone, so I'm assuming he called a sponsor at the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that was huge. But I I would say within a few months after after that, I think. Yeah, I was wondering too if like um, so part of the selfishness and self centeredness of who I was, I I carried the weight of the world around on my shoulders, plus all of the shit that I was doing wrong and all the dishonesty and all the guilt and remorse, and then um. You know, as I started to get well and as I started getting better, um, th- that stuff started to go away. And, you know, when I'm not running around hiding shit and when I'm accomplishing things, I didn't, life's just lighter than it used to be. And I'm just wondering if you saw that transformation in Kyle where he just became a little bit lighter, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit happier. Did you just like see that start to gradually happen the longer he was oh, doing yeah. this? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Probably in the spring, the spring after he got out, I would say. Yeah. Um, and it, it, everything happens for a reason. And um, because the club that he was involved with, they were mostly older, mm-hmm. older people. And um, Megan uh-huh. had gone to a meeting there and they were doing counseling together and stuff. And yeah. so I think, I think when she got back from Asia... And they went and had coffee, and then they started hanging out and doing meetings and stuff. Then I felt like, oh. okay. So hopefully, you know, I mean, everything is working out great. He seems happier, and yeah. he was really involved in the program and and helping others and stuff. So that was when Megan and I started that meeting that we had, yeah. that you, where I met you, yeah. Megan and this other chick who hasn't been on the podcast, so I won't say her. The three of us kind of started that meeting. Okay. So. And then our mutual friend Jeff came in after I met him. But yeah. yeah, that was that that was I remember just being happy at that time too. That was probably eight months into sobriety. Yeah. Though. Yeah. That was like th- summer ish. Yeah. Eight months in or so and I was kinda like And you were doing the deal by then. Yeah. Right. You were part- yeah. doing all of the steps. Right. Cause like to connect the dots from her perspective to what was act like what I was doing was that that four month day was rough. That four month day propelled me into the twelve steps with with my sponsor because in that moment I was like my life's over again and I'm I'm gonna drink or die. 
And the idea came to call my sponsor at the time. And I called him, and then I got into the work right after that. And then a few months later, I remember being about the time that we're talking about. Right. Like, I went through the work, and then you start noticing the differences in my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's kind of interesting to hear this side of it. I keep asking all the questions, but... I'm good with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was also wondering then, too, so I'm guessing there's probably some healing and stuff and family. I mean, I imagine it would just have to be nice to not have to worry about Kyle all the time anymore. Um, but then, so then you got to sort of start to take a look at yourself and through listening to this podcast and uh, maybe, and I was talking about trauma therapy, but you decided to check out some of that yourself? Yeah, I did. I uh, had Kyle ask Candace uh-huh. for um, some rec- recommendations of who to go to, and I kind of put it off for a while, and then I just made the call probably a month ago. Yeah. And um, nice lady, yeah. super nice lady. She's real good friends with Candace uh-huh. and stuff. So I think I've done the EMDR three times. Okay. How- it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how that works it really is right yeah it is and that she explains it i mean everybody i think has a inner child in them a little one i think honestly that everybody should probably do emdr you know at least once or so in their life because i think everybody has had maybe not huge trauma but little traumas and stuff that kind of make them who they are as people yeah but yeah, you do cry like a baby. I don't mind telling you. Absolutely, it's draining. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing about it. I I hadn't cried and I don't know. Like I just couldn't. It, it, when I would start to well up, my body would just automatically react and shut it down, <laughs> and then uh, there was no cry. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, stupid EMDR. <laughs> yeah, like a baby. <laughs> I almost cried at work the other day, and that's never happened. Oh, I hate it when it comes on out of nowhere. Sometimes, like, what I've noticed as a result of doing the work is, like, I'm just more in tune with my emotions right. and things that wouldn't really, uh, I would just kind of block off and pretend or nothing, and, like, all of a sudden, like, something, you know, my inner kid or whatever, I'm just... Like the other day, I had to go into my office and close the door. I was like, what is going on? Why am I feeling emotional? It was weird, and I never feel that. I mean, I just don't, you know, and like, I don't know, sometimes things... What were you doing when that happened? Did What triggered it? Do I don't you know? even remember, no, but I just remember going up into my office and being like, this isn't something that I should be feeling this emotional about. What is going on? And I had to close the door and like, just kind of take a minute and, you know... Put yourself together. Yeah, yeah. and like do what... Candace has suggested is like okay do that and then put it into your safe place you know like all of this stuff that I practice and it's like I did that and I felt better afterwards but like it was it was wild like that that's the first time that's happened where it just kind of hit me without purposely thinking about it I was driving around working and it was like one of these beautiful fall days I love the fall I do too and it was one of these, you know, beautiful, right temperature fall days, and I'm listening to Pandora, and I've got some nostalgia going on, and this <laughs> Christopher Cross song comes on. What? Yeah, and I was just like, I started thinking, thinking back, and that was just it. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then my body wanted to shut it down, and I was like, no, just let it come. Yeah. I'm in the middle of a fucking nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's around. It's okay, man. But, uh, yeah, I was just... Uh, you know, it'll sneak up and yep. get you. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. 
Um, if you could share advice or experience or something with another family who might be going through the same thing our family has gone through, what would you say? As far as advice to them? Yeah, or, or like, you know, this, like, hope, share, like, what would you want to share with someone if someone was listening and was like, I, my kid is just going through the ringer right now, and I don't know what to do. What would you share? Ooh, that's a good one. To have faith and be there for, for them. To get through that mm-hmm. and let them know that it it'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, especially because there just feels like there's not a lot of hope. No, yeah, yeah. on 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 the family's Everyone. part too. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole family because there were, you know, towards the end and um, who I almost I had no hope either. I was just petrified. Mm-hmm. All the time, scared all the time. Weekends would come. Most people love weekends, and I hated them because I kept waiting. I waited for the phone call in the middle of the night. And I, 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 from the minute you moved out, I remember I came home from work, and I came walking in the door, and Kyle was coming upstairs with all of his shit. He was moving <laughs> out. I didn't even know he was moving out. <laughs> so I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to move in with... Those the a other couple guys. Of my buddies, yeah. I'm like, I had I had no idea. I was crushed because yeah. I did not know. And then I would probably say from that night, I was just I never had a good night's sleep. Only on weekends. I had no idea that I thought he was a weekend bender. Right. I didn't really know that towards the end or whatever when it was blackout, you know, Monday, Tuesday from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I didn't know any of that. I didn't mm-hmm. know that he had missed work. Yeah. Or lost jobs of it. I didn't I just thought he was a weekend bender. Yeah. Our family situation was pretty fractured towards the end. Yeah. Because of me. Uh, you that, know. That's what I was wondering too. It had to put you in some compromising positions because um so so uh Sharon got remarried to a wonderful man and who is now Kyle's dad and is just Kyle's dad and Kyle and Josh's dad. And then that's who Kyle uh, also had had works for, mm-hmm. and so it had to just put you into terrible. You know, your your husband is also your son's boss, boss. and your mom, and you have this motherly love. Yes. And Kyle's probably not performing or inconsistent at best at work, and it had to put you in some really tough positions. It, I imagine it did. Yeah, it did because I'm. I mean, I'm a wife, but I'm a mother, yeah. and you know your kids. They are the most important people in your life. So it was it was difficult for me to have to be living with dad and boss at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, it was it it wasn't easy. I think I, I don't want to speculate, but um, men seem to be easier at putting aside the emotions and just yeah. being boss, right? Yeah, and taking emotion out of it. And oh if, yeah. If yeah, I need to be boss and hammer Kyle's ass and that yep. needs to be we're done where yeah you know, and, yeah and I don't like that I don't like that at all yeah, yeah. um well, our family life is pretty good today 
you know, yep. I think it's probably the best it's ever been. I agree. Yeah. Uh, is there, do you still experience any fear or insecurity or worry? About you drinking? Yeah, or anything? No, I don't I don't worry about you drinking. Of course, I'm a mother and I worry all the time right. and that probably will never change. Mm-hmm. But as far as you um, drinking again, no, that's the furthest thing from my mind. Yeah. I, I have no doubt that you'll be okay. Yeah. And I know it's day by day by day, you mm-hmm. know, and anything can happen, but I don't fear that anymore. Yeah. Because I remember you, I don't remember how sober, like time period wise, but I just remember one day, I think it was when I was making amends to you that you were telling me that you sleep now. I and do. that was like the first thing you said. So I knew that that was very important that some of that had gone away. Yeah. Yeah. Because for years I, I, I didn't, uh, weekends were just horrible. Yeah. Because we did get phone calls in the middle of the night, you know, and yeah, a lot, a I, lot, and my parents got a few of those too. <laughs> yeah, Cheyenne <laughs> Police Department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're no fun. No, police or my friends or ex girlfriends, people just calling, being like, "I was a fucking <laughs> off the deep end again." Like when you guys had to climb through my window, you know. Oh. That was just oh, before God, I got that sober. That was horrible. I think that was on. Was that on Memorial Weekend or something? Um, I think maybe Labor Day mm-hmm. weekend, like passed so, out and unresponsive. Well, yeah. No, well, he was. You weren't home. If we're thinking of the same one, I'm thinking of when I moved back here and was in that apartment by myself, okay. and you guys had to come get me. I think that was. I don't know when that was. Well, but. there was a couple of them. The mm-hmm. one I'm thinking of is. It got so bad towards the end that because Kyle was on Facebook. So I would check Facebook every morning to see when the last time he was on Facebook so that I knew that he was okay. And um, one weekend, maybe it was Labor Day weekend. I don't remember. Are you talking about when that guy messaged you and said he had my phone and all of that? Oh, no. That That was was Mother's Day. That was Mother's Day. Yeah. (laughs) Too many to remember. Oh, my God. Horrible. This was, I couldn't get a hold of him and he hadn't been on Facebook. And I'm like, oh my God. So automatically your mind goes to the worst. Right. So we called the jail. We called the hospitals. He wouldn't answer his phone. He wasn't on Facebook. And so we drove to his apartment. And the whole way there, I am just, I mean, I'm thinking the worst. My mind is gone horrible. I'm bawling. I'm shaking and rocking. And we get to his apartment and knock on his door and there's no answer. So we're automatically thinking that he's in there passed out or dead. And so we broke into his bedroom window and Will did. And he went down into the, into his bedroom and he wasn't home. Uh, I think you were in Denver or something, mm -hmm. but Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the kind of darkness that I don't miss at all. God, no. Yeah. Those, there was some bad times, but I, I do know that, um, yeah, Mother's Day weekend, that was a doozy, mm-hmm. too. I was, we, you were going to come over. You had said the day before that he, I was having the kids over, and we were barbecuing. And Kyle's like, yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there. And then he was supposed to be there, and an hour went by, and then a little bit later, and then I think you used somebody else's phone. Or, yeah, somebody else's computer to message you yeah. on Facebook, and I had lost my phone <laughs> and my car keys, and... My dignity. (laughs) 
everything. And, and some guy ended up finding my phone and messaging them. And then I went and got my phone, but I was beyond drunk still. So then I didn't want to go over there because I was beyond drunk. So, of course, I just completely missed a Mother's off, Day. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so just hearing some of those horror stories, like I, we have you on our Instagram feed and things, your life seems a little bit different now than it was back then. Like you have a son that just got married like a year or so ago. A year ago today. A year ago today. Yeah. That's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And, um, you guys seem to spend a lot of time traveling and your other son's engaged and planning a wedding and yeah, like you don't seem to have to worry. Life is good. Yeah. It's the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Life is good. Yeah. And you're, you're right because the boys relationship was fractured as well. Um, yeah, Josh and I did not talk. No, they did not talk at all. They, I don't think they even liked each other, Mm-mm. to be honest. I, you know, because Josh would get pissed at him because he would say he's going to do something and not do it. Yeah. And yeah, so things are good. You guys are good buddies now. Yeah, and we hang out a lot. Yep. I was the best man in his wedding. He's going to be the best man in my wedding. Like, yeah, our family life has been yeah. cleaned up. Yeah. It really blows my mind how much drinking affects the whole family. I mean, that seems like a no-brainer, you know, but when you're the one that's kind of wreaking the havoc, yes. the idea is like, well, it's me. My life's the one that's getting fucked up. Right. And that's just because I'm a self-centered. <laughs> but like being on the other side of it and seeing just how much I tore apart my family and then being able to repair that has probably been the best thing that's happened in my recovery is being able to I mean, you and I talk a few times a week. Yeah. I hang out with my brother multiple times a week. My dad and I get along at work and outside of work. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's just a different life today. Yeah. It's cool. I think uh, I think what made it this way was that the love was always there between mm-hmm. all of us. You know, it yeah. might have been not so much one day as another, but, you know, we stood strong and the love was there and yeah. hope. Yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that kind of kicked me in the ass wasn't, I mean, my accident was bad and, uh, you know, my consequences were bad, but you guys were like, we're done, dude. Yeah. And that was the first time my family had kind of been like, you're doomed, you're hopeless, we're done. Like, you can either choose to get better and try to do this and go to rehab and, like, try to do this, or we're done. Like, you're not a part of our life anymore. And that was... Probably was, the kick in the nuts I well, needed. Well, and it was the hardest thing that we really had to do. I think that we enabled you a lot when, yeah. you know, when you were drinking and stuff. You mm-hmm. know, if you needed money or whatever, we were there and gave him money. And um, yeah. after the first accident that you had, that was a really bad one. And we pretty much covered for you then, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we, because I don't know if you talked about that at all. Yeah, I'd rather keep that off of. Okay, yeah, but that was, (laughs) that was huge. That we've talked about it, that I had a bad accident in Josh's vehicle and stuff. But yeah, you guys helped me out of that. And well, and we wanted you to go to rehab then, but you swore that, you know, and you did quit drinking for a few months after that. No, I I quit drinking after my first DUI. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When When I was 21, yeah. That was the worst my worst experience was being in jail and then coming over to Laramie to see me in jail. Oh my God. And I'm like in a full on jumpsuit and I'm 
you know, oh, God, that was a rough one. Yeah, that was tough. And then they're just, like, crying, and I'm just sitting there in a fucking jumpsuit in jail, just like, yeah, this is... Uh, that was the worst that one. That was a doozy. That was by far the worst, I, too. I, I just know myself. I'm like, I don't even want to see you. I, honestly, I didn't even know they were coming. I told them not to come, and then they called me. I don't know. You've never been for a long period of time. When I was in jail... When you're in jail, they'll if you have a visitor, they'll like announce it. I was like, "Who the fuck's here?" And I got there, and I was like, oh, "I did not want to yeah, see them," like, just because I was so full of shame and guilt and embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. And as a mother, I just I had to see him to make sure and know in my own mind that he's okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that was a tough one too. Yeah. I put you guys through hell. <laughs> That's all I hear out of all of this. It's like, oh my God. What what amazes me though, like about this story and just listening to both of you is how much Kyle's experience matches exactly what's in our literature. <laughs> I mean, he would talk about from the beginning, from, you know, that first part where they describe the real alcoholic to the part where they talk about us being a, a tornado, yep. you know, leaving just a bunch of damage in our wake. Yep. Uh, to the point of there being a long period of reconstruction ahead. But then also the book talks about families being put back together and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So like from beginning to end, Kyle's experience, though, the book was re- published in 1939, mm-hmm. is identical in <laughs> yeah. the years, whatever, 2016 through 2019. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's why for me, it's I talk about it all the time, it's so important to identify with our literature. Yeah. Because if I can identify with the bad shit, that means that if I do it, I can identify with the good shit too. And like, that's what, that's been my experience. That's been our experiences. You know, I didn't just say, I'm sorry. And our family got back together. It's been four years almost of hard work and being there, showing up, being a part of like making it to mother's day, being a part, you know, just all of the stuff that I've fucked up for my whole drinking career kind of, coming back around and yeah. being able to be a part of all of that today. Yeah. Not just not being the, yeah. Yeah. Just being the guy that's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'll be different. And then just being the same individual. Like I, I believe I act differently in my family life today. So, Oh, of course. Yeah. hundred percent. Totally yeah. different. Yeah. Totally different. And, uh, what, uh, I, the, before we go, we're almost an hour in, so we can get done after this. But before, this is just a funny story. We were at a meeting. I think I was 60 days sober. We went to a birthday meeting. I was getting a 60 day coin. All of you? My mom came because, and my, was dad there? Well, he was sick. That's right. So it was just me I, and you. I, he you went. You guys are so supportive. I know. I, I even went to AA meetings with him when he didn't have his license. I'd go, I'd drive him there and sit in on an AA meeting. That way they didn't have to leave and then come back an hour. Because it was clear on the other side of mm-hmm. town. Bikes in the garage, Kyle. Yeah, in the middle of winter, they they were very supportive. My family, I think you guys you kind got of two feet, don't you, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, that's the other part that I get out of it, though, is that um, like the period of reconstruction and in the chapters, the family afterwards, it talks about like the family being a part of, and that's not everyone's experience, but that is my experience. Is my family was very much involved in my recovery, yeah. like they helped me you guys didn't enable me or, you know, like, Mm-mm. but you guys, when I was really trying to do the thing, you guys gave the proper amount of help to help me stay. Um, but 
we were at a meeting. I was like 60 days sober, and this girl comes in. and Cute as a button. Yeah, and it was Megan, and oh. we didn't know. We'd never, and my mom was like, who is that? She's cute. And I was like, shut up, mom. Like, <laughs> that's the last thing I'm thinking about. And then like nine months later or whatever, Megan and I are dating, and it was, she was like, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, it was fun. figured out from I the did, yeah. yeah. She was just cute as a button. We were sitting in the back of the room, and I think, Megan was back for her 30, 30, 30 days. Day. Yeah. And um, yeah, she walked up there because it's mostly older people in, yeah. in that one that Kyle went to. There aren't too many people cute as a button walking. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> there's not. There's, uh, that doesn't happen a lot. I know. That's yeah. why it's like, Kyle, look at her. She's cute. Yeah, I was like, like, knock it off. That's the last thing I need. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, like nine months later, Megan and I's paths crossed again. Yeah, and now you're engaged. Yeah, I know. Small world. Yeah, crazy. Do you have... ride. I know. We're over an hour in. Do you have any other questions, Marty? Uh, I don't think so. I think I got all the questions that I had out. Like, I've just been... I've just... It's been enjoyable having you... Uh, sit down with us like uh, for the longest time I just wanted to know what the hell was what the hell was wrong with Kyle what, what went wrong where did things where go did so things wrong where did things go wrong yeah. <laughs> well, just hope, had hope. to get some answers <laughs> like <laughs> has he always been this way <laughs> so funny uh, uh, hopefully just, I answered him right yeah. for you if you have any more ask me I think Kyle I don't I'm going to embarrass Kyle but oh, I think God. like so much so many of our fellowship though like there's a real public perception about people that are um, maybe alcoholics um, or drug addicts that are just fucking idiots all the time and have always been that way in every area of their life. And why there are plenty of those, there there are all types. Like f- for the most part, you know, the book talks about uh, the the part of the book that talks about you know having special aptitudes and, and you know and being personable and likable and things like that um, are pretty true. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just you know, that happens when we introduced alcohol or for me, you know, drugs into the system and then things go off the wall. And, you know, like that's the other thing. But like just sitting down with you and, you know, listening to this, I mean, Kyle's a, you know, super intelligent, capable, hardworking person. And and um, to have hear the description of what he was like in his cups is just night and day. It mm. really is a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's what Megan's mom always says. She, when she hears stories or whatever, you know, when we're telling, making jokes and talking about, she's just like, I just can't even yeah. picture. But Megan too, though. I, can't, I know, yeah. Megan is the one I'm you know, like, I can't even. She's as a button. I can't imagine her, you know, we were at the Fellowship of the Spirit and she was talking about butter shirt and yeah. wearing butter shirt to work all week. And I was like, I just can't, I mean, I just can't <laughs> see. She seems so organized and well put together and to yeah. see her wearing the same nasty ass shirt waiting For tables her. all week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Oh, it's funny. But, but like Amy too, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amy, you know, we have her and Josh and they're, you know, again, they're super together. But like I did drink with Amy and I got, you know, did see that, you know, a thousand yard stare come out of her when she would drink Oof. and do those kinds of things <laughs> and some of the stuff. And yeah. it's just amazing like how different we can be. True that. Yeah. Yeah. Mother, do you have anything else you want to say before we're done? Nope. I think I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for being on it. You did great. Okay, good. You're I was a little nervous. Guest. 
You did phenomenal. Awesome. Thanks for being on it. Thank would, you, guys. I would announce Amber next week as our next week's guest, but that would make her too nervous. I want <laughs> I want to get Amber on because I got questions for Amber. Oh, yeah. And I, one time I would like to do Megan, me, you, and Amber. Oh, yeah. So that, that would I think be we should one. work that one out. So it, the, With Amber, the question is like, what? What about this guy after you hung out with him once made you say, I think I'll do okay. that again? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's exactly what I want to know is what what was she like? Oh, I got to have more of that. Have you, have you always yeah. had bad judgment? <laughs> yeah. um, do you want to plug our shit? I think we're going to post some pictures of my mother and I when I was a child. And uh, we'll probably put post a picture of us here today. So check our Instagram. What is it, Aaron? It's a Recovered AF Podcast. Yeah, and then we have an email too, right? Yeah, that's also Recovered AF Podcast, except for that's at Gmail. Perfect. So if you want to reach out or anything, you can reach out to us and check out the Instagram to see those. There, there's a pretty good one. My mom said she's going to post one of me with a kid when I was a kid with a big old black eye, so that'll be good. So cool. Cool. Thank you again, Mom. Thank you.